Hello, I'm Juliette Littman. And I am Joe House. Welcome to Ringer Food, the Ringer's new hub for all your food-related content. You may have known this feed as House of Carbs, and don't worry, that's not totally going away. We will be launching two new shows on the feed, and the first is Food News with me and David Jacoby. You may remember us from our days at Grantland. Well, Jacoby and I are back to go over the news, sample snacks, share some personal tales of food news, some global tales of food news, who knows what else is to come? And House, what are you going to be doing? Oh, my taste buds, my hungry homies, my culinary comrades, we are back. We've done it. Here to tell you that we are reigniting House of Carbs with a whole new slate of tasty episodes throughout the year. We are starting with a football fracas, a gridiron gobble fest. We're doing NFL playoff potluck featuring taste tests of the iconic food item or items of every playoff city to determine which city reigns supreme. Ringer Food is starting up this Wednesday, January 12th. That's so soon. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident. It was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. Real ones, Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. Raja. It's good to be back, Logan. It's good to be back, bud. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back, man. It's good to see your yep. face. It's yep. good to see you, dog. Appreciate that. Now we got in the pre we got in the pre-pod meeting, dog, and you know, we're going over topics and stuff. And there was something that you really had your mind on to, to start this. It was uh it was a hard foul from Grayson Allen on Alex Caruso, friend of Jomi. And you were saying, you've been about this, and I know you don't like going down this route when it comes to referees, but you had some shit on your mind. You had to go. I want to give you the floor is yours because I have some takes that you have, but I want to hear what you got to say. What's going on? What what do you have? Well, I mean, it's less about referees and more about kind of the state of the way basketball is played. It sucks that Alex Caruso is hurt, and I feel awful for him. I feel awful for the Bulls. I'd feel bad for anybody who got injured like that and would have to miss extensive period of time. But I also think like, and when you're playing a sport like that, there, there are some things that are just, you know, inherent risks. And 
anyone coming at the rim full speed, if you've played, you know, going off of one foot, uh, you put you put yourself in a precarious situation. Because any little hit, and I've I've been on the receiving end of this, causes you to lose balance. Your feet get out in front of your body and you, and you're falling backwards hard. Now, as far as the actual play is concerned, as a defender, I'm not now, letting now, you dunk Now the on play, me. what happened was the Caruso went up for a layup. Grayson read him at the rim. We, I think we have a different take on what happened, but there are different. The, the, there are multiple parts to this. Let me just. Let at me the end just, of the day, yes. he fractured his wrist. At the end of the day, uh, Caruso fractured. Go ahead. Robert. Again, I feel awful for that. Um, yeah. Now let's just start with your 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 coming down the lane trying to dunk on me, and I am there trying to win a game going off of two feet. I'm in a more stable position, and you're launching yourself with one arm. Grayson Allen went for the ball initially. Initially, didn't get it. Got his arm right. That in and of itself is going to make you fall the way Alex Caruso did. Grayson Allen then did extra, and that's why he's suspended, by following through with the other arm to make sure he didn't get the ball up. I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm not saying that I don't think Grayson Allen should be suspended. But what I'm saying is the initial foul of you're in the air, going up strong, one leg, one hand. If someone comes through there and tries to block that shot or not allow you to make that layup, and it causes that off-balance bad fall that can have, I broke my wrist doing that, that can have real injury ramifications. I don't see that as an inherently dirty play. Now, Grayson Allen's play, specifically the, the second part of the play with which he follows through with the other arm, and his history suggests that there was some dirtiness to the end of that. But I'm talking about that play in the larger scope. Not that play particularly. That's not a dirty basketball play when someone comes through the lane on one foot trying to dunk on you. It's my job, my paycheck. I'm not trying to get dunked on. I'm going up to block it and I get your arm and you fall down. It's not, that's not dirty. So I go back and forth on this, right? Because I'd imagine what you grew up in, you grew up in the 80s era where they were, where, you know, they were fouling fools and I, I and where they, there were hard fouls and they, that's what they was, right? It was hard fouls. I grew up in the 90s where, you know, we had Chris Herring on the other, the other uh, week and we we're talking about the Knicks mm-hmm. and, you know, how that, you know, how that style of basketball, you know, you could also talk about Detroit Pistons. I think the spirit of it is I, I understand why people play hard and do all those things and they they do the they do that. But I also see the other side from a league perspective not wanting to get guys hurt. And I think you brought up a good point with uh Grayson Allen in terms of reputation. Because I think and because I, I looked at the play before the before we got on and I think that was a reputation. That was more of a reputation foul and a reputation call. We talked about another another instance that happened um, very recently with Boogie Cousins and him getting ejected. Now, I looked at that this morning, and we can go back into that. That was definitely a reputation call with Boogie. It was just that, that was, there was no way he should have gotten a tech. But how do you balance that where all you have is your rep as Grayson Allen or Boogie Cousins? And how do you Balance that as a referee. What do you? What would you want to see as a as a player or as a former player or as someone that watches the game um, more than anybody? As somebody that loves the game, what would you want to see from that, Ra? I think that Grayson Allen, under the 
under the rules now with the flagrance, the levels of flagrance, the ability to go back and look at it, and what I've seen in other games be deemed a flagrant too, he does have to get ejected on that play. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying that he doesn't have to be ejected. I don't think the refs necessarily got that wrong. I'm not even saying that the league shouldn't have suspended him for for the two games. They they often they often go ahead and levy fines based on their perceived intent. So that's nothing new for me. It's happened yeah. to me. I'm simply saying, overall picture, I don't believe that we should take the game to a place where you can't challenge someone trying to dunk on you for yeah. fear that they're going to be hurt. It 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 renders the defender absolutely like helpless in that scenario. So that's that's all I'm saying about that. The boogie situation is unfortunate because he can't win. No, he, he can't. Should've, he should have been teched. I mean, he should have been teched. Like you, you, you take the ball, you slam it on the floor, you do that. Like you should have been teched. I, I, I do believe you should have been teched. But I've seen the refs and the way they deal with Boogie, and there is just zero, zero room for him to to be demonstrative in any way, shape, or form. And I've always said this about refs. I don't understand why it can't be consistent in that regard. I don't understand why. Let's just throw a name out there. Um, Devin Booker, let's say. I like D-Book. I mean, I'm just using his name because they play. I saw them play last night. Why he would be allowed to vent and, 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 and be more demonstrative just because he doesn't have a track record. That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you're not going to let... It doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah, if, you're, no, yeah. if, if Boogie's going to slam a ball and get a tech, then when Devin Booker slams a ball, he gets a tech. Cut, cut and dry. I would like to see officials, to the best of their ability... Take their emotions and their preconceived notions and 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 predetermined like idea of who a player is and how he's going to react out of the equation, right? And start with a blank slate every night. I always appreciated that as a player, you know, as one who had a reputation himself that was hard to live down when dealing with the league. I always thought it was really unfair, and it's always going to have a it's always going to have a sore spot with me. It's okay, it is what it is. But I've told this story before. There was a play in Toronto where where. I got knocked down, like ran over, like a train. Andrea Bargnani, huge. Ooh, like, ooh, I picked, ooh, just boom, ran me yeah. over. And so, was I it slammed. a screen or was it? A, what is this? No, he just got you down the was, lane. What was it? He was running the lane like big men should do. Uh, yeah. I hope any of my big men that play for me listen to this. Uh, but he saw something in front of him that was little. It was me, and he was going to bury me under the rim. So I decided to catch him at the free throw line and just stand in front of him, right? Try to take a charge. So he ran me over, but it put me in a situation where I fell down on my back. He's kind of over me and my feet kind of come up into the air. So the next, uh, the next morning we get home, I get a call around 12 as I'm getting up and he, uh, to go in for shoot around or whatever. And it's the league saying that I tried to kick Andrea Bargnani in his balls. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, there was a play at X, Y, and Z minute of said quarter. And it appears that you tried to kick Andrea. I said, well, what did Andrea say? And he said, they said, Andrea said you didn't. I said, well, I, I didn't. If I wanted to kick him in his balls, I would have kicked him in his balls. Like, I didn't kick him in his balls. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to dig into this a little further. So 45 minutes later, they call and suspend me. I mean, that's a lot of bread for me, right? They suspend yeah. me. And the explanation was, we couldn't be sure that you did not try to kick him. And so, therefore, you're going to be suspended. And so, fast forward to that playoff run. Bruce Bowen, as Amari Stoudemire goes by him, in our you know, opinion as a, as a, as a Suns team, tried to kick Amari's heel out from under him to stop him from laying it up. Clear yeah. as day on film. They chose not to suspend Bruce, and their explanation for that was we couldn't be 100% sure that he did 
tried to kick Amari Stoudemire. And so for that reason, we cannot suspend Bruce Bowen. Like you tell me, you tell me how that makes sense. So as a guy with a reputation, I would always hope that you just judge people from night to night and not carry that over all the time. Did you get the feeling that, uh, and I'm asking this because I do feel like this, that these two players that we just referenced, Boogie and Grayson, um, you know, they're, I don't know. I don't know how to say this, right? Because on one hand, you call it targeting. On another hand, like, dude, Grayson Allen has a rep for a reason all the way back to college. Sure. Boogie has been through his shit for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to all the way say targeting. But when you build a reputation, that happens. My question to you, though, Ra, is when you see guys like this and when you see that, do you, did you, it brings you back to your career. Do you feel like, when you were in the in the peak of your career and you were in the peak of your career, you may have gotten you had the feeling that some players were just treated better just because of who they were and what they and what team they might have played for or how they did it. What how, and how do you navigate that as a player if you're a journeyman like Boogie or Grayson Allen? And honestly, they just trying to get paid right now. Boogie's on ten days and right and Grayson isn't. Grayson isn't a superstar caliber player that's just set for the rest of his life, right? So how do you how did you feel during that time? And like how do they how do they mitigate that? How do they how do they go through that? And they're just at these t- point, these two guys are just trying to get checks. So how do you how do you do that? Well, number one, you have a players association. So you do whatever you can and you take whatever legal channels you can to get to 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 uh try to appeal and get whatever part of that that bread you could get back, right? Whatever's at your disposal to to do legally. Um, you never really worry. I didn't worry about that. That wasn't something that I, that I wore on my sleeve coming in from game to game. I wasn't going into games, worrying about whether or not my reputation was preceding me. And I, if I was going to be ref, you know, one way or another, like you can't worry about that. You have a job to do. You go out there and you focus on your job. And then, but every now and again, there, there will be, um, some sort of judgment or you'll get the short end of the stick on whether or not you get the tech and stuff like that. That'll bring you back to reality that yes, you are judged like that and you're not going to be able to get away with it. Um, but you can, I mean, there's nothing you can do Logan and you can't, and you can't really worry about it. And while both of those guys have reputations and I'm not a, I'm not a defender of Grayson Allen. I don't, I don't mean to be, but I think both things can be true. Like he, he can have a reputation for good reason and have made like, a, a, a dirty secondary play on that play and the first part of that play that I'm referencing still not be dirty, which is I'm not letting you dunk on me when you come through here with one leg and you'll never get me to say that's dirty for Grayson or anyone else. If you come in here off of one leg trying to pipe on me and I'm going for the ball and, and I athletically just can't get it and I wind up on your forearm and you fall, that's not dirty. You've taken that risk. You've launched yourself. The game is the game. It is what it is. And I'm I feel terrible. You know, again, like for 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 Alex Russo. Like I'm not, but but it is it is the game. Like again, it's happened to me. Like what I look like trying to dunk on you, like you 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 get my forearm when I try to bang on you and I come down and land on my wrist, bro. Like I hey bro. Yeah. It's funny because you ask some of the like it's funny. There's still OGs uh around the league, you know. Uh there's always gonna be OGs around the league. And when I when I see people of uh, a little older than me, I always make sure I peep game. And they always talk about like how the league is getting soft, right? How it's getting softer and softer, you know, every year. And I think there's some truth to that for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't dis- discount it. Even during my time covering the league, there's always a rule to make sure you have 
you know, the offensive player gets all the love and, you know, they get a clean look. There's no hand checking. There's all these things. And you get these, uh, and I know I'm going off on a tangent here, and you get these high-scoring games that, quite honestly, are pretty boring. People like the theater of basketball. They like, people like hard fouls. I don't know if, 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 I don't think, I don't think, I don't know if people realize that from a consumer perspective, but like, yo, people like hard fouls. They like hard nosed games. But my question is, when did you see a change? When did you start seeing things? Because it was a gradual change from the, the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s to, yeah. to now. Like, when did you see your iteration of that change to where it's like, oh, I don't know if we can have, these are too hard fouls. This is, this is too much for the game. I don't know that I have an, an, an exact moment in time. I think when, when the generation... Like when I when I left the league, there were still guys in that were subscribing to like no no layups. If we can if we if we cannot allow them to lay it up, we're not going to allow to lay it up. Yeah, you know you had your Kevin Garnett's of the world, even you know Channing Fry's dudes that were dude you know even names that you wouldn't ordinarily think of that were not going to just let you come in there and lay it in their face and take it out of the take it out of the net. You had the Tony Allens of the world defensively you know, that were, they were getting down. And I don't know, man, when that generation kind of phased out with all the offense that came in, it did become, but okay. When I really, really knew something had changed is when I started watching more youth basketball, as I transitioned yeah. into my post, yeah. post, um, you know, post NBA kind of life. And I started watching these elite camps and, yeah. you know, I, I, my sons would show me when they were younger and it'd be the best two players in said class at this camp. And they'd be going at it and I'd be watching and it would be all offense. Yeah. And what the game would devolve into at these camps, which I could never understand because everyone at the camp is paid to be there. But what it's devolved into now is Logan gets the ball and he gets to try to cook Raja because Logan's number one in the class and Raja's number two in the class. Boom. Ball goes through the net. No one else touches it. Now, Raja comes down, and he just tries to ISO and cook Logan. And none of them, no one's playing any defense. No one else is touching the ball. And that's just what this is going to be. And so at that point, I said, oh, okay. Like, that, that is, that's it, right? We're just, you know, the, the game has changed in that regard. And I'm going to take it a step further, and I know this isn't a football pod, but if you, if you see seven-on-seven, seven, and this is what really bugs me out, because my kids play seven-on-seven seven football. These kids get, like, what they call, like, mossed or blurred now. And like someone will catch a touchdown pass on them. You know, you did your job as a corner or, or whatever. And the kid made a good play. And now the entire opposing team will run over, throw their hands in the air around you and start like, like dancing over you. Hey, bro. And, and but on, no one bro. fights, no one fights, on, Logan, bro. no one fights. And so I said to my sons, I'm like, yo, if that happened to me, I will punch his ass right in the mouth. And both of my sons were like, oh, dad, oh, no, nah, man, nobody does that. And I was, I said, well, I'll tell you like this. If it happens to one of y'all and you don't fight his ass, you're going to have to fight me. So hey, just bro. know that. Hey, check this out, man. I'm saying this because I'm aligned with you. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying this because I, 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 I'm, I'm, you're speaking to the guy. You're... Yeah, no, I, I listen. No, I, but, I, <laughs> but, but, what I, cause, but you do bring up an interesting point, though, which is the when you bring up the youth sports, a lot of these guys are commodities now. Verse like at a, such an early age, they're getting. We're we were talking about offline about kids getting, you know, offers at like twelve, thirteen, bro. Like I don't even 
we we know re- regular 12, 13 year olds. They ain't really like they they're not they don't know what the fuck is going on in the world. They they, they don't know. They don't have a even general understanding of what they want to do in life. You feel me? But I say all that to say, like, when they are commodities at such a young age, you have what you gotta do, you gotta protect that bag, right? So that means yep. and you're like, you know, you got the, the you got the overtime and you got the the uh, all these other you got back when I was growing up, it was Jay Area's finest. You got all these uh, people trying to now make money off of youth athletes. And what does that mean, Ra? That means, you know, what's better to get views on YouTube? It's this one-on-one matchup. That's what yeah. I, we've seen. We've seen Lamelo Ball since he was 14 years old. What, what did we see all those times? It wasn't no fundamentals. It was like, nah, bro, I'm gonna pull up from, uh, gonna pull half up court. from half court. Right. And then I'm going to look in your face and I'm going to laugh at you. But, you know, the, 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 what we don't hear about is that, you know, his team didn't win the state title. But that's another thing. But what I'm saying, though, is when you have these guys that are being commodities at such a young age, you the other side of it is you you don't one, you don't know the fundamentals. And two, man, you got to get mental toughness on the floor. And that means getting your shit blocked, playing a team game and doing all the things I think fundamentals and all that stuff has eroded as a result. And I know we went on a big tangent, but that's that's kind of where that that that's gotten me. It has 1000% and just to piggyback off of it, um social media um has 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 definitely changed the landscape of sport. You know, we were in a gym last night playing the team and one of my kids, you know, kids are scared to play defense now. They're scared to strap up and get up and guard the shit out of their man. You know why they're afraid to do it? They're afraid to get embarrassed. They're, they don't want to get crossed. Right? And I'm and my conversation with my kids every night is, man, that is, that's great. What are you doing, man? Like, everyone who ever strapped up and played real D got crossed. There's no shame in that. Like, you yeah. got to get up and guard. But they're Mike afraid Jordan to get crossed. Mike Jordan got crossed. Got so, dunked so, on. <laughs> yeah, so last night, like, we're guarding. You know, kid gets crossed. Whole gym. Ooh, the kid bricks the shot. I'm like, bro, the kid's looking at me. I'm like, my man, play ball. Don't worry about that. They're afraid to get dunked on. Right? Like, there's all of that. and and. The other part that really that's lost me, and I had this conversation with people the other day because a kid came out of a game. His mom, our team beat them. Um, his mom came over to me asking about coaching and you know whether the kid could come over and stuff like that. And the kid was crying, and you know a dad came over and told him, "Hey man, don't worry about that man. Like you don't need to be. You know we got another one. There's too many. There are too many games. They it's desensitized kids to winning." It's yeah. all up. It, the winning isn't important. It's about the stats. So I see all these kids posting all their stats. I had 25. Well, did you win? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Like, don't post no damn stat line if you didn't win the fucking game. Like, nobody so cares weird. that you had 23 if your team got drilled by 35. But it's desensitized kids to what's really important, which is the competition. Yeah. You know, I would look, it, it, I get that when you're a commodity. You want to be out there. You want your views. You don't want somebody up under your feet. You don't want somebody being physical and guarding you. But me as the other guy on the other end of that, I don't have no views. Nobody's following me. I want a scholarship. Like my job is to come out here and be tough as nails if I can be and make your job really hard. And if you don't respect that, you ain't built like you think you are. Yeah. No, it's, and I think that especially like we, we've just anointed people just way too soon in general right and that that comes with 
you know, as we're trying to now have this high high schools high schooler now high schoolers now are pros, and at least in the NBA, right? And I don't mean in, in game wise, but like I know more about high school players than I do some some bench players on the on the team. You get what I'm saying? For like, sure. And, and For they sure. come in and they come in the NBA and get humbled, right? They get humbled, dude. You know, and and I, I just we're in this this uh this era of just instant gratification and there's no more like yo man paying there's no more paying your dues it doesn't seem like right because everybody's like oh we need this guy he's the next one this kid is the next one this kid there's always the next one and sometimes it's like yo man there's roles on a team you ain't got to be the franchise savior dog just go play some defense we don't have that anymore we don't and, and i think that in a roundabout way takes out the toughness in the league because everybody is getting like you said they're dubs we don't know we don't care about losing no more we don't care about what that is we don't care about the lessons you get from losing it's like ah now i'm gonna take you off the team we're gonna go to this other team yeah no comp- competition is is something that it, we are losing we are losing our grasp on i i spoke to a guy uh yesterday you know a really good coach at a really good program and he said something like, yo, man, I, I really enjoyed watching you play. And I say, hey, man, you know, all I could do was compete, man. And he and he said to me, man, at the end of the day, that's all you got. Yeah. And I, that rang true with me. It's the way I've, you know, it's what it is. Like, my son won in a basketball game last night, high level, three division one kids on the other team. Like, he's playing varsity for me just because he has to, like, out of necessity. And I threw, you know, I threw him in the game and he, he missed an assignment. And I called him over. I said, yo, my man, I said, you're in there for one reason. That's to give your body up and take that damn charge. If you can't handle that, then I got to get you out of the game. And that's my own son because that was his role last night. And if you can't embrace that, I firmly believe you shouldn't be in the game because that's what you can do to help us compete. And, and we've lost sight of that, the competition part. you know. And, and, and this it's good that we got here because as it pertains to what we originally started talking about, the Alex Caruso foul on Grayson Allen, was, was the foul, was the extra part of the foul dirty? I'm not going to argue with you. Yes, he shouldn't have followed through with that second hand. Um, But the original part, which is you're not going to dunk on me and I'm going to challenge that, is competition, man. And it's unfortunate that the injury happened. But you can't be cool with getting dunked on. No. And I think there's this... You see this now. We talk about how we watch NBA games now where just dudes just go free through the lane. Just free through the lane. Like, where it's... I'm just saying from a viewing experience, that's not fun to watch. We're, then they were, we're the Harlem Globetrotters at that point. Why are we, like, what are we doing? That's what I'm saying. And then it's, that's, I think, the biggest frustrating part for me is that we're so quick tech. Um, just these petty fines. You cursed in an interview. You did all these things. It's like, yo, man. Like, it's, it's just, it's, and at the end of the day, it's entertainment, so you don't want to water down your entertainment, man. It's all as I think that's all that's all I'm saying. I think that's where we're both getting to, right? Is because, man, he got a broken wrist. That sucks for Caruso. That really sucks. does suck. It really does suck for Caruso. But like, I'm also tired of seeing people just dunking and people just looking at just from a basketball looking perspective. If I was a fan of a team and I constantly seen dudes just just dunking all over my 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 
the, the dude I watched play. And, you know, we, we talk about the fan stuff and things like that. But, no, from a sheer perspective, you want to see competitive basketball. You want to see competitiveness. You want to see that. You want to see if somebody goes around your kid and does the little circle circle, you want to see your kid be like, no, fuck you. No, nah, you ain't going to do me like that. No, nah, hell no. Nah. That hell should nah. bother you. Losing it should, should hurt. It's what hurt. I told that kid. It should hurt you, bro. Don't let that man tell you it shouldn't hurt you. It should hurt you. Great life lies. Great life lessons here. But I get what you're saying. Um, let's take a quick break. I want to talk about, uh, I want to go back east. Talk about Ooh. some stuff back east. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. All right, Ra, we are back. <clears throat> Wanted to talk about the uh, Brooklyn Nets, so I'm going to go see on um, Saturday, actually. They're in the Bay Area, so I'll get to see Steve. Get to, you know, kind of just get to see Steve Nash, kind of just G-check him to get him on the pod. You know, there we go. Hashtag, hashtag get Steve Nash on the pod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag real one Steve Nash. I don't know. But anyway, one of the, since Brooklyn's coming, it got me thinking. You know, I'm reading a lot more uh, about Brooklyn and just seeing just overall their space. And there's a there's some some smoke over there in, in Brooklyn, man. Um, specifically, not with who you think it is, not with Kev, not with Kyrie, but with the guy that I feel like is forgotten on that roster. James Harden, you know, there have been some rumors about, you know, him and the Sixers. And I just, it's something that I've been hearing for months now, just for months. I I, I got to say, like, it's just like, at least just there's an infatuation between him and Daryl Moore is, I guess, the what I what I can say about that. Right. And I think there's frustrations, um, you know, and, and this is just something in general, there's just frustrations with that team for everything that we've talked about throughout the season. But Man, how do you feel if you're James Harden on this team where, again, you it's like you come over, you're going to, hey, you come to a team where there's a KD, there's a Kyrie, and you're James Harden, MVP candidate, year in and year out, and they're telling you you have to sacrifice your role. And you have to 
um, be a third banana, you know, or or have to basically sacrifice your role. And it's on a team where, you know, Kevin, as brilliant as he is, isn't in the in the fold. And he's really the center of that of that Brooklyn universe. So he's a clear cut number one, right? That's fine. Then you have a guy like Kyrie, who is only there for half of the games at best, right? And so you find yourself, you left the Houston Rockets where you had to carry a lot of the offensive burden going to Brooklyn where you can, you wanted to be a teammate and collaborate with these, with these other superstar talents. Let's not get it twisted. And you find yourself in a lot of ways in the same dysfunctional BS that if not same dysfunctional stuff as you were in Brooklyn, I mean, in Houston, which is, it's, it's disconcerting. So I could see why these rumors are coming up. What do you think about these rumors, Ra? Uh, I don't, I mean, I could see why Daryl Morey and, and James Harden would would be connected. I mean, best best times for both of them um, together, right? Like, I, yeah. I, could, I could understand that. Um, I don't really know about the rumors. I do know that the question was posed early in the experiment about whether or not Kyrie should be traded. Bear with me for a second. And my answer to that was... Yeah, because I thought if using Kyrie at that time as the asset could get you enough quality supporting cast members that James Harden and Kevin Durant would be enough to get over the hump, right? Right? You'd be giving up the third person in the big three who has to sacrifice so much of himself that he can't be himself. Well, take that and spread it out over two dudes instead of one that can be the best version of themselves, giving you four people playing at maximum volume rather than two playing at max volume and one playing at like a three. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to give up too much of yourself in the third role. Get two great role players. So I think the same applies to James Harden for me. So if Kyrie's not the piece, right, in a perfect world, and he's not going to be able to be moved and... Let's say he's there full time and this stuff with the vaccine and everything's not taking place. And you said, well, in James Harden's current like role with the Nets, would you sign off on moving him if you could get two damn good role players to put around Kyrie and Kevin Durant? I would say yes. So I, 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 no, but I don't know who they would be. I'm just saying in a vacuum. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm just saying because you, I still think. James Harden is is a great basketball player. You've taken six shots off of his plate. You've taken ball handling responsibilities off of his plate. And I'd make the argument that I do all the time for Russ being cast in this new role that James had the ball in his hands even more than Russ did. And so asking him to come in and take that much less of a role offensively has got to be like really, really frustrating even if you're buying in, really frustrating and confusing. And it just, not everyone can reinvent themselves um, that quickly or that effectively, you know, in a new environment like that. It, it, and, and I'm not throwing shade at James. I think that's fair to James. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I mean, we don't know, we don't know the full extent of, you know, the, the, what's going on. But there, I will say there is an infatuation between Mari and, and Harden. And he has said, you know, and I... You know, I think uh, Nash was was posed the question of, you know, if, if James is happy in Brooklyn. And, of course, what is what is Steve going to say? He said, of course, he's happy. What is he, What else is he going to say? But it's you brought up an interesting point 
just about trading Kyrie and trading one of those big three to it's like addition by subtraction is essentially only, what you're saying. Only right? two of them. There's one that will not be traded. Oh, there's one that will not be traded. We know there's, that. there's uh, one that will not be traded. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know that. <laughs> um, but my my uh, the problem that that just I think they should have trade if they were going to trade anyone they should have traded him a, a year ago when you and Perk said that they should trade them like yeah, it, sure. it should have been then like now at this point all you can do is trade Harden because you can't tra- Kyrie is vert- like the, probably the most untradeable player in the league right now. Because no one wants to take that on, dog. No, no one. Wa- I, yeah. Who would want to take that on? Uh, just uh, you got to pay that much money for a guy that was more untradeable, Kyrie or Russ. Whoo! <laughs> I think Kyrie. I'm gonna just say Kyrie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I say Kyrie. Okay. Because at right. least it's an expiring or something. Who would you say? No, I don't know. I, 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 hey, that's a phenomenal there. question. That's a phenomenal yeah. question. I, that's I'm why gonna they say pay me the big bucks. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 I think Kyrie, just for the simple fact that, like, you, like, at least with Rush, you know he's going to play hard. You're going to, he's going to, you know, he's going to be there. You know, he's going to, you know, he's going to be there. Wow. The, That's what's where the we're best at, huh? ability? What's the best ability, Rosie? Availability, baby. Right. So we at least know Russ is going to be there day in and day out. He's going to be there. He's going to throw up some bullshit, but he's going to be there. He's going to care. Not to say Kyrie doesn't care, but he doesn't, he's not there. So, but the overall point is that's why they're in the, the it's I I don't envy anybody in Brooklyn right now. It's it's just it's I, I don't envy anybody because it seems like every time they go on a good run, something some BS pops up every time they find a they find a good a, a, a good situation going something and like it's Kevin's injury who well, we can't we can't we couldn't predict that happening. Right. No. But. The sheer reason why they brought Kyrie back into the fold is because their roster was just decimated by COVID. But they can't they can't rely on him. We we talked about this a few weeks ago. They can't rely on him. And then so that leads me back to James Harden. Why would he want to stay? <laughs> why why would he want to like why why would he why would he want to stay long term? Especially if they lo- if they have another lose and flame out. He's had hamstring issues for a minute. He had hamstring issues in the last postseason. He doesn't necessarily, I don't know. I haven't seen him up close, but he doesn't look like he's in the best shape, right? But he's playing, he's trying to play, he's trying to hold this team down, but he keeps getting these injuries and he doesn't have a team around him that can help him and help carry him and help carry the load. Why would, would you want to stay, Raja? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I don't want to just spit something out um, to really nuanced question. So here's what I here, here's what I'll say. <laughs> He's playing his most minutes per game right now since 2015-2016. That's not ideal as you continue to age. Um I you know, kind of LeBronish like and James Harden isn't in the class with LeBron in terms of maintaining your body. Let's be yeah. let's be clear. Um so you don't you don't want to you know you're he's going to get hurt. There are going to be injuries that start to mount up. Those miles will will add up. And if I'm James Harden, because before I was looking at it from a, a a Brooklyn point of view, if I'm looking at it through James Harden's lens, if I perceive this to be dysfunctional, I'm not saying he does. I'm not saying they are. I'm just this is if I'm looking around and I'm like, well, I don't trust that we're going to win a championship. 
It's kind of messy. I don't feel like all parties are really bought into this. You know, I have to give up a lot of myself. I was killing the league. Like I was, I was leading the league. You know, I was a perennial all-star MVP two years ago. Like, and I, and like, I didn't forget how to do it. I can find this again. This isn't a problem for me. I just give me the ball again. If I, if I say all of that, then yeah, maybe, maybe it's time to move on. Let me get back cast in the light and in the role that I'm most accustomed to. Um, and let me rock. And if he chose to do that because he made that assessment of the situation he was in, I'd have no beef with, with him. Like, hey, you got you know, you got to do what you got to do. But again, I don't know any of those things to be true. James Harden got up in front of the mic and said, "Hey, if you don't hear it from me, it's just, it's That's just fair. rumors." And I and That's I got to respect that and take him at That's his word. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know that any of that's true. But if you pose the question to me like you did, if I were James and I looked at it like that, and I'm like, man, this is this is a mess. I don't know if we're gonna win it here. And you're asking me to give up so much of myself. And you know, if you're gonna ask me to give up all of that, all parties better be bought in. Don't come to me telling me Kyrie's not here. Don't I don't don't come to me with that bullshit. And don't I'm not that. saying, like, and I'm not saying this is somebody that's like all the way locked in. I'm saying this from what we've seen. What have we seen? What what have we seen with our own two eyes? We've seen yeah. we've seen this dysfunction. It it has seeped out of that locker room so many times. It's not something that's like, oh my, they're keeping this under wraps. Nah, man. Every presser is something going on. Something going on. I texted Steve the other day. We were texting just on some on a humble. We were texting about Dia, as a matter of fact. I sent him a video and you know, I said to him what I say on here, hey, bro, it's always, hey, man, you always got some shit to deal with up there, bro. I feel bad. He didn't say nothing back to me. He really didn't. Like, because I, 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 I never really get into that with Steve because I respect the relationship and I don't want him to feel like for I'm sure. hitting him for anything like that. But I did tell him that. And I say it on the pod all the time. It's, it is. You are correct. It's always some shit. Like, even when they feel like they're getting it together and it's going to be smoothed out, then boom, something else. And so... uh and yeah, this ain't even New York's it. team. If they was New York's team, if this ain't even like, if this was the Knicks, dog, and this was happening? Yeah. Oh, wow. Go yeah. ahead, Rob. So, yes, the answer, is, the, answer is, the answer is yes, man. Like, you ask someone to give up the tail end of his prime while he's still doing what he was doing in, in Houston, and you ask him to make the sacrifice to come to you guys to win the chips, and you can't get everyone on board, and they can't get everyone on board. You can't. Yeah, I know it was, uh, you know, like a global pandemic and these are unforeseen. But the bottom line is you don't have everyone on board and it is relatively dysfunctional. If I'm that player and I look around and see all of that and I don't know that we're winning the chip. Yeah, shit. Put me back on. Let me let me get back in in the, in, hey, in my man. normal role somewhere. Hey, man, people forget how good James Harden is. <laughs> they forget how good he is, what? man, and how much sacrifice he had to put going on to that team. Now we can. Yes. Now, but we can. He, we could talk about what he like. What you, I mean, there are there. It's a deeper conversation, right? Because you know you forced your way there, right? Yeah. Like we can't we can't forget that. Like you did force your way there. Um, and so in fairness, you know, there's some culpability on James Harden. It wasn't like this just so, fucking so, happened to him. There's another conversation in that though, Rob, which is, and that goes back to our last segment of just trying to get gratification and also like, how do you do that? Cause he wanted, he's like, I got to win now. I got to win now. All right, I'm done in Houston. I can't do this anymore. Can't do this anymore. And then, cause this is the other argument to be had. You couldn't do it in Houston. Now it's happening in Brooklyn on paper. You got two, you got two all-stars on paper. You got two all-stars. And now, you know, there's even rumors that, you know, cause I'm gonna be real. There's talk around the league. It's been like that for a minute that, yo, he he might be up out of there, you know. He might. It is it is what it is. 
what do you say to the argument that, hey, man, like James, you chose this. How do you, how do you, and do you stick it out? Do you tell him to stick it out? Because he had his own franchise where he was balling and could do everything. And then, you know, he forced his way to go kick it, play with his friends. That's what it was. No, I'm, I'm not saying that because he, he, he chose to do that and wanted to try to win a championship. And, and, and again, trying to be fair to everyone, like Houston was that way. He wasn't trying to go through no rebuild. I know it's the, you know, nobody trying to go through a rebuild. Aaron Rodgers just told you that. He ain't trying to go through no rebuild. Um, yep. Just because it didn't work in Brooklyn doesn't mean you got to stick that out. Like, if it winds up not working, it may work. Hey, shit, they might win a championship and everybody's happy. But if it doesn't work, I don't think he's, you have to, he's, you got to stick it to him or he's stuck there because it didn't work. Like, we gave it a run. And if I'm the organization, I'm, this, this isn't really about James Harden. It's about, us trying to win a championship. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if that piece gets us the pieces that make us the whole that can win the championship, I at least have to explore those conversations, you know? And I imagine that Sean Marks and company are. They don't have to want to trade someone to explore what that asset would get you, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, we were on the pre-pod, Sasha Mack had a great point. You know, his value is at a point now where some trades didn't make sense when that when he was in Houston at an MVP level, some players yeah. that were that were you know rumored to have been in a deal to get James Harden, like it didn't add up. But but now with the numbers and the situation and the shape and all of that, you know you start to get to a closer point where those numbers start to make sense. Like those players start to be eh, maybe, and so yeah. you got to just explore that if you're Brooklyn. But it's it's not a punishment thing. Hey, bro, yeah, he forced his way out of Houston got himself in a situation where at least so far hasn't all the way panned out, but that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not holding that against you when it comes time to like either make you stay here or move you on. I'm doing what's best for my team. For sure. It's time for our next segment. Little thing we like to call ruin of the week, which Mm -hmm. we do every Thursdays. When we shout out a person, an entity or an idea or something that won the week. I'm going to go first, Ron, and you can go ahead. I'm going to go with D book, man. D book went up in Utah. Just balled out. I I just I love. I, I've made no I've made no uh, secret about this. D Book is one of my favorite players in the league to watch on a day in and day night. Whenever he's in town, I got to be there. I got to see him play. He's really good. That's all I had to say, man. Ruin of the week is is Devin Booker. I'm it's glad. I'm glad. To, oh, also, also, shout out to your man's Jupes getting an extension. Jupes, J yeah, hoops, Jupes, yeah, um, yes. Shout out. There's so many shout outs I could give. So many, so many real ones of the week. Start with my young buck, Dia Bell. Got asked to go throw for a pre, pre-draft workout for Chris Olave, David Bell, Jalen Tolbert. All of those guys are like top 15 receivers in this year's draft. I thought he was going to be nervous as shit. I pulled him out of a midterm, like right out of the midterm. He got in the car, changed in the car, got no warm-up throws, and just went to work throwing the ball. So he was a real one for that. I got to give a shout out to my own, to my own there. But the real, real one of the week for me in a losing effort was that damn Josh Allen. Mm. <laughs> my, young, my young buck Ty Bell calls him Joshy now because we sat wow. on the couch and watched that boy deal Did you see that the other night. Oh, my God. Oh. oh, my God. He just stepped into the – I mean, not that he uh, – he was already there for most people who know. But mm-hmm. I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan. I'm not apologizing. Almost like Russ. Like, you can't – there's no slander allowed for P. Mahomes. P. Holmes is my dude. Um, okay. But Joshy stood up in the paint. Yeah. He stood up in the paint, and he threw them hands with P. Holmes. 
And if it weren't for some for some questionable play calling defensively, they would have got the dub. But he's a real one for that in my book. For sure, for sure. Also, little, another another honorable mention. We're back, baby. Chuck Rhodes. Chuck Rhodes is back. I don't know if you saw mm. Millions, but Chuck mm. Rhodes is not fucking around. I haven't, okay? Don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. Don't All spoil saying, it, though. Hey, Chuck Rhodes ain't with the fuck shit, okay? He is head of the neighborhood watch. He is not bullshitting. Fucking come, Chuck Rhodes. You come at Chuck Rhodes, you come at the best, okay? Also, just want y'all to know, Bridgerton's coming back, so you know what that means. Bridgerton, Bridgerton boys. Bridgerton boys will be Bridgerton back real soon. Boys. Bridgerton yeah. boys. All right. We're just plugging all these shows, man. All right, before we get out of here. Let's just plug all these shows before we get up out of here, man. We got Upside High with J. Kyle Mann and Jonathan Sharks. We got Weekends with Waz. We got The Void. Fall in the Void! With KOC every Wednesday. We have The Answer with Sirit Sohi and Chris Ryan. We got Group Chat. We got The Mismatch. You know what else we got, huh? You know what we got? We got, we got... We took a, we took a, we took a, we took an episode off shouting this out, but we got Black Girl Songbook with who? Rosa Bell. Town legend, Danielle Smith. We got to keep the propaganda going, man. I missed you last week or last, or last episode. Keep it going. We got mm. R2-T2, R2-C2, R2-C2. Ah, 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 with who? Rosa Bell. Mm, town legend, Vallejo's finest, the Crestside Clown, CC Sabathia. Mmm. It's good to have you in the motherfucking building, Ross. Good to have you back, baby. We'll see you on Monday. Real Tyler. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.